All right, I know it's a day early, but we're here and we're ready to go. We're gonna kind of wrap up the week as I am going on vacation tomorrow for the weekend, going up to the beautiful state of Wisconsin for cheese and beer and maybe some blue skies and green grass. So I'd totally forgotten because Florida brainwashed me. Uh, my, I told my friend I was going and she was like, okay, make sure you pack a jacket. She's from there. And I was like, really? <laughs> it's, it's, it's August, like, does that happen? <laughs> Is it chilly in Wisconsin already? I couldn't tell you, but I, I just, you forget the cold exists until about November, and then it starts getting kind of cold during the day, and you're like, oh wait, this happens around most of the world, just not in Florida. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was camping this past weekend, and I, I had to throw a hoodie and sweatpants on. It was chilly up there in the mountains. Where'd you go camping? Uh, it was about an hour 20 north of Pittsburgh, uh, not too far north. It's uh, just south, right on the border of a place called Pimatunin. Um, our grandparents actually used to, it's where their place used to be, if you remember their camp a long time ago. I do remember that. That was a while ago. Well, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we should probably start, uh, you know, not, not to cut off the northern talk, but, you know, the superior Florida state. So uh, Tim Tebow got cut <laughs> after one game yeah. <laughs> from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know I'd asked you um, if they actually lost any money, because I wanted to know if it was a guaranteed contract, if they basically just dropped a massive bag on him and you know, that's it. But you looked into it, I think, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So his contract was, uh, it, it actually said it is the lowest contract that an NFL player can be signed for. That's awesome. It was <laughs> just over $900,000 for a one-year deal, zero guaranteed money. So the only thing they would have had to pay him for, which I'm not sure if, play, if players get paid for preseason games, but he may have gotten a small check Obviously, Small's relative here. I'm sure if he did get a check, it was a couple thousand dollars for playing in that preseason game. But other than that, they don't owe him any. That's good. I'm glad we're not spending too much crazy money on stupid things. So you have to wonder, is like he probably just did that literally to say, like, I did it and I did it because I could and I wanted to try it. And on one hand, you, can, you really do have to admire a man that looks at that looks at an opportunity like that. And they're like, well, I'm going to do it because I want to. And even on the other side, you look at it and you say, well, that was kind of stupid. You knew it was probably not going to happen. You have better opportunities elsewhere. But... I don't know. I kind of see it both ways. Yeah, you know, it was good PR for him. And definitely playing baseball for the Mets AAA club wasn't going anywhere for him. Yeah. So, so now he gets to go be an announcer on college game day or NFL, uh, you know, the pre-games. Or he can go to Fox or CBS or really anywhere and, and just announce games. So Right. Well, I know we looked up his net worth and it, it stood at about $5 million, which was so much lower than I thought someone with his fame would be. I mean, that, that's kind of a squandered opportunity. Like, if you got as far and you had as many people just absolutely love you for kind of ridiculous reasons, in my, you know, opinion, you should be, you should have done a lot more than that. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have more branding deals or, um, you know, commercials, different appearances in the media. But I guess he was been really focused on baseball for the past, I don't know how many years, and then he tried to come back to the NFL. So maybe now if he's done with athletics, maybe we'll see a little bit more uh, branding and media appearances from him. Yeah, he's a good old boy. All right, I got another shallow dive before we get to the fun stuff. So Waze, do you know the app Waze? Yeah, yeah, my mom actually uses it anytime we uh, go on road trips. Waze is the best. I absolutely love it. It's like Google Maps that was made by an 18-year-old. And that doesn't sound great at first, but then you really, like, it's, it's well done. It's super simple. And the coolest thing is it tells you where people are reporting, like, speed traps, uh, traffic slowdowns, anything you wouldn't want to hit, potholes. It tells you before you get there, which, I mean, Google Maps tries to do, but they just... 
for a company as big as they are, they don't do nearly as well of a job as Waze does. Yeah, Google's Google Maps I've never been big about. My dad will live and die by it, and it is his end all be all for some reason. I do typically but, um, too, so I, I have to I have to say that first. Waze is my top number one. Google Maps is a hot second. I would never use <laughs> Apple Maps. You would have to you would have to like hold me down before I used Apple Maps. Do you use it? That, that's where I was going. I use Apple Maps just really? because I am so lazy. I refuse to download the Google Maps. <laughs> you just enjoy pain. Although I okay, I can understand because then you have to reset your whole like your home and your work and all the other settings you have because after a while the program kind of figures you out. Yeah. But I will say Apple Maps drove me crazy this past weekend circling back to going camping. <laughs> I was trying to get to the campground using Apple Maps to get there. And there was a giant hole in the road because we've been getting hammered with storms for the past week. And I'm sure with hurricane season, you guys see your fair share of rain as well. Every but, 2 p.m. <laughs> yep. Monsoons I'm talking about up here, John, which I've never seen. A whole road was out. So I had to go around it. And these some kids must have had some fun with the detour signs because I made the left <laughs> and got to a roundabout. And the detour took me right back that way. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And the Apple Maps didn't know the road was out, so I just kept going in circles for probably 25, 30 minutes till my girlfriend called her father and he directed us <laughs> the way around. But It will oh, literally take you into the Atlantic mind. Ocean. It kills me. So yeah. I have a really fun story because, well, there was a reason. I was going somewhere with the Waze thing, but we're, I, I have a quick story real quick. So my buddies and I, one time, were going up to a cabin in North Carolina, and a couple of them are just kind of troublemakers. They just, they just, like, to, they just like to sometimes create problems whenever they feel that someone has taken life a little too seriously, which I can admire, you know, keep it, keep it light, keep it simple. So in South Carolina, the majority of the highway is two lane. I-95 is two lanes. That's terrible. That is a horrible, horrible, horrible setup. And because one lane on the right, there's always semi trucks going about 60 miles an hour and they're, they're barely moving. <laughs> in the left lane, the only way for the semi trucks to pass each other, the semi trucks that are, you know, going 65 <laughs> have, to, have to pass the ones in the right lane over the next 10 minutes. So it's, you basically just take the gaps you can get. And uh, so I was taking a little nap and I hear them chuckling over the sound of some heavy metal music. And, uh, and so I wake up and I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? And I look at my Google Maps and there is a red line about six inches, which is the most of your phone on the map, red line behind us. And I said, guys, why does it say we're causing a massive slowdown? They're still laughing because apparently some... There's some lady in a really nice Mercedes uh, has been riding riding the back of their car for the last two minutes and they didn't like that. So they pulled up next to the semi truck and caused a ginormous slowdown. And Google was smart enough to pick up that it, it was horrible. I, I was horrified. I literally, I sat there and I was like, guys, just go. Like, and they're like, no, this, she has to learn her lesson. <laughs> she didn't learn her Friends lesson. Like she only got closer. The world burn. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Okay, so back to Waze. Waze did a really awesome thing you can now have your voiceover speak to you in Master Chief's voice from Halo. Whoa. Yeah, what a cool little piece of branding too. It's totally free. Like you see stuff like that and you think, okay, they just want to get two bucks out of me. Nah, this is great. That made my day. It made, that sold me on the app so much harder. I love that. I, you know, I'm about to go get a little <laughs> gas station up here in the north called Sheets. Mm -hmm. I'm about to go get some chicken sliders after we're done here. I might just turn uh, Waze on, even though I know how to get to my gas station, just to hear it. I've been looking for reasons to use it. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's just simple, simple, stupid stuff like that. Like, if you want to draw a crowd in, give them a cookie. Like, it's, it's basically nothing, right? 
Speaking of cookies, they actually had the Cookie Monster on there for like his 50th birthday or something last year. I had that. And it was awesome. Yep. <laughs> and now he's it. not on there anymore. Yeah. Like, but uh. it gets annoying after a while because he's like, burn left for cookies. And then you, <laughs> that gets really old after about four times and you just don't want to hear it anymore. And you forget and someone else is in your car and you're trying to be kind of professional and yeah <laughs> it's, it's a mess. cookie monster market it's pretty hard to take anything seriously when the cookie monster's talking to you yeah definitely right. i can see that uh i have more do you have anything before we move on um you know i was digging the internet for some articles today and it's only been two days since we last recorded so I couldn't find much but what i did find mm -hmm. was an article that says it is time to bring back the cargo pants oh no i hate that why yep it says because of the large smartphones nowadays, everyone's walking around with a huge slab. It is the perfect time for cargo pants to come back in style. So just thought I'd give you the heads up. What, what kind of phone do you have? I have a 10X and it's it's one of the bigger ones. It's not the massive one, but it, it, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I have the 10R and uh, I don't have problems with it either. But uh, if they keep growing, we might be wearing cargo pants here within the next year. Just buy jeans. Cargo pants are so bulky. I don't understand. <laughs> Ugh. I agree. I knew you didn't like cargo pants. That's why I had to screenshot that and bring it up. The oh, cargo embargo. Gosh. Well, I mean, the only thing that would really break my heart, we had all these shortages last year and pretty much everything I was okay with. I was like, whatever, toilet paper shortage, I can figure it out. I, that's about as extreme as it gets. But the one thing that I would be really sad about is we had a denim shortage. I love my jeans. I'd wear jeans everywhere. I agree with you. Jeans are a, um, a big plus in Honestly, going out into public during summertime makes it tough for me because I like to wear jeans and, and I don't have a whole bunch of shorts and I don't like to wear shorts. I like to wear jeans when I'm out and about. But then I end up sweating if I'm wearing jeans and it's 90 out. So you run into a little bit of a conundrum there. Yeah, think about Florida. I mean, we have basically, our whole state is run by the HVAC companies because air conditioning is just so necessary. It's just such a necessity down here. All right. You no, know, I never thought of that. Yeah. HVAC companies. They make tons yep. and tons of money. I mean, working in industrial real estate, those are probably, the, them and logistics companies are the biggest clients of our industry. It's wild. But I got something kind of interesting. So Ford pretty recently, like Ford Motor Company, put out a big statement that said, we want more people to be buying our cars off our internet. We don't want you to use the dealerships. And you might think, well, that sucks. I love the dealerships. Like there's no, okay. So today I was literally, I was driving around, I was working on a project. And I passed by and there was a gorgeous new generation, 20, I think it was 2018 GT Mustang with a whole bunch of awesome mods on it. I was like, all right, I'm definitely gonna go drive that thing. It's only gonna take me 10 minutes. So it was the most fun I've had in a very long time. And I, I literally, I pulled up on the lot, got out of my car, guy walked up and he said, how you doing, sir? I said, hey, tell me what's up with that one. He told me, he said, I can do you one better. I'll, let's go for a drive. And I was like, oh, done, <laughs> sold. Went for a drive, got my experience, sat down. I was like, well, that was great. Um, I'll call you first week of September. How about that? He said, okay, yeah, awesome. Can I have your number? Nope, no, nope, but I'll call you. Give me your card. Moved on, end of my day. It was great. So the reason they're saying and bumming me out that they want to do this is because the way that car companies book their revenue is really interesting. They book the car as sold as soon as it is actually shipped to the dealer, not when it's sold from the dealer. And they do this because they're just assuming that the dealerships are going to sell it. And that's why they put so much pressure on their salesmen. Wow. So that's, is, I, it's been a while since I've been in an economics class, but I believe it's, that's what, is that what is defined as a sunk cost? 
No, not really a sunk cost. More of so, they're just they don't know how to predict it because there's a there's such a large gap between when they sell a vehicle and when they don't. They're just assuming that by the end of the year the vehicle will be sold, so they can already write the revenue in. Of course, this also means that what they sell they're they're assuming they're going to sell it for so much lower than it's priced at because they don't want to risk that. I mean, if you mislabel it, then you're going to have accounting fraud. You don't want to have accounting fraud. That's a really bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's very very not good. So it's almost like they're taking a page out of Tesla's book because I know there are no Tesla dealerships. There are Tesla showrooms, but you got to go online to order yourself a Tesla. That's correct. They don't have dealerships, and they're saving a lot of they're saving a ton on real estate. Let me tell you that. But uh, I don't know if I'd compare it to that. It's it's more so just interesting because they if if your order's locked in online, that's locked in. Like they know exactly what you paid for it. It's done. They can book that there. What they build the car for is probably half of what they're going to list it for, and then they're still going to not sell it for exactly what it's listed for on the lot. Someone's going to talk them down. There's going to be different circumstances. So they're trying to make their life easier, and I, I can't blame them for that, but the experience of going up to a dealership and just kind of like window shopping is so much fun, I think, even with the scummy salesman. Yeah, I agree. If there's no one barking down my back, uh, it's definitely, definitely a positive. I would um, rather go somewhere and get my hands-on experience and actually see it but as retail starts to die it'll be interesting to see if dealerships follow you know the shopping malls as the next thing to go that's a good point i like that we're repurposing shopping malls too i did something on instagram a couple months ago i want to say where i, I put up a big story and i was like hey question someone someone solved this problem for me because i don't know what like what are we going to do with movie theaters and shopping malls because we don't use them anymore and i got some really awesome answers uh, I'll think about how I want to present those answers to you because some of them definitely weren't uh, probably radio friendly, but there, <laughs> there were some really good ones on there that it would be fun to talk about at some point. But <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's crowdsourcing ideas is something that we don't do enough. And you see people on Twitter do it all the time, and I just absolutely love it. Definitely. I, I remember, I don't know if it's one that someone said, but I did see something posted a while back. Uh, one of the UFC fights, one of the movie theaters locally up here said they uh, – we're gonna sell tickets and pay 20 bucks or something you can go and watch the ufc fight that night in the theater i think it's a great so, idea i mean they have those the screens well the idea that a lot uh, some people had is they basically walked up to the movie theater owners just very entrepreneurial people and they said hey look you're not gonna make any money tonight it's a tuesday night how about me and my friends give you a hundred dollars we're gonna bring our xbox and we're gonna play massive split screen on your in one of your movie theater screens that's $100 you literally would not make otherwise. Movie theaters were thrilled to do it. People have been doing this for a while now. Kind of bummed yeah, that they're getting busy again. Yeah, that'd be a ton of fun, man. If you had nothing to do on a Tuesday night or nothing to do Wednesday morning, go. Oh, man, that'd be a blast. I think it would be awesome. All right, let's move on. Let's see. What do I have next? Um, we have, obviously, the <laughs> Federal Reserve. They are killing me these days. Every other day, it feels like they give a new prediction of what they're planning to do. So... And it makes me laugh because usually I ignore them, but I read this one because it was a front pager and it was like, Fed decides they're going to cut down on their spending and raise interest rates and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I think they're teasing us. So my hypothesis is I, I actually think that Jerome Powell and the top guys at the Fed, top guys and gals, are literally doing this as a psychological thing. They're saying, okay, if we keep saying that we're going to stop doing this and we're going to raise our interest rates people will keep borrowing because they're like, oh, we have to lock these rates in now. We have to keep doing this. So I think they're just, I think he's out, they're completely out of bullets and they're literally just trying to keep the pedal to the metal with as much growth as possible before it has to cool down. 
that's genius. You just keep saying, yeah, interest rates are going to start going up soon. They're going to start going up soon. And you just basically create almost a, a frenzy or a mass panic. And uh, everyone's going to be like, oh, I can't miss out on this deal. Guess I got to do it now. Do it now. Right. You want to get your almost, low mortgage. Yeah. It's almost like the opposite of the way the, you know, whenever like a depression happens, like when the Great Depression happened, the markets crashed. Everyone ran to the bank to pull their money out. They're like, oh, it's crashing. It's crashing. Got to get our money out. Now it's like interest rates are going to go up soon. Uh-oh, better get the mortgage, better get the low rates. Yeah, but we didn't have Twitter back then. <laughs> you, couldn't just, yeah. you couldn't just say something on the internet and have 100 million people immediately see it and then 200 million by the next day. Like information is just so fast these days. So I think I think they're literally seesawing it where they're basically like every every like week or so, they have a different prediction and they're kind of like, they kind of like send different signals just to keep everyone guessing. It's ridiculous. Keeping you on your toes. Yeah. I guess so. Okay, I have a new company I want to talk about that I actually don't know. I don't know how new they are, but I just found them and I checked. They're not in the Jacksonville market. Their markets are kind of limited. So I think it's a newer company and I'm in love with it. It's called Tenant Base. And so what this company does is they basically take what I do, which is commercial real estate brokerage, and they, they're not, they don't outsource it. They like, they've brought it into the modern age where instead of instead of engaging someone specifically, basically you sign up on this platform as either someone looking to purchase a new place or someone who knows how to find it, i.e. like me, like a broker, and you go on there. And anytime a company goes on there and says, yeah, we need this, they basically just assign you to a person or they, they, they kind of like market your requirement so that it ensures you get the best job done possible because people are going to be fighting over trying to do a better job for you. I think it's a great way to bring... I mean, an industry that is still quite literally living in the 80s, it feels like, into the modern world. It's awesome. I, I love that. So if, so let's hypothetically say you had a space. Could you list your space on there as well then? And then you'd be one of the ones trying to, you know, someone signs up, says they need a space. Then are you trying to sell them on your space? No, they have different platforms for that. So it's not about listing things. It's about, say, your logistics company X. And as logistics company X, you realize, all right, we've outgrown or we want to expand into Miami, say. And like, okay, I don't know anyone in Miami. And I could call these people that have their stuff all over their LinkedIn, but why would I? I don't trust them. So you come to this company and you say, hey, look, I just need to be in Miami. Here's exactly what I need. They take your requirement and they pretty much mass market it and they say, look, this person's looking for it. The person or the broker or the company who can bring the best offer and the best service gets to win the business. I think it's a good way of doing it. Whoa. So it's kind of like eBay for real estate and businesses. Yep. It ensures that the client and the tenant and the person who basically, well, so, you know, businesses run the world, businesses need real estate. So they are essential and they need to be in the right places. They get screwed more often than not, which is super unfortunate because the people on my side of the transaction really just kind of want a fee, which bothers the heck out of me. But beside the point, this is a good way of ensuring that they get the best job they can with the least amount of risk in the least amount of time. We've solved a problem. It's a great company. I'm all for it. That's awesome. That, yeah. I mean, that'll definitely create more of an accessible way for businesses to expand, I think. Yeah, I sure hope so. All right, let's move on to our top three. We're doing our top three at the end of the week, and we're doing best football season snacks, I think is probably a fitting, uh, fitting theme as football season is quickly approaching. It's on the way, and I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm so ready. Oh, this is going to make me hungry and ready to go get my dinner. So I'm ready to roll. Uh, it's almost dinner time on our end. Okay. 
You first. I've got my three. And if they overlap, you have to think of another one on the spot. All right. So my number one, or I guess I'll start with my number three. Yep. My number three is queso. I love queso. It's a safe pick. Nothing better yep. than some queso dip. And then you can dip anything in there. You can get some tortilla chips, maybe some pitas, maybe some pretzels. Nothing goes wrong with it. And uh, it goes great with watching football. Yeah, well, this is important. What exact, What do you dip in the queso? Because it has to be queso with something. You got to define the snack. All right. When I typically, I'll dip a tortilla chip. Um, Keep it simple. The scoops, you know what I mean? The scoops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Tostitos scoops, those are probably my go-to there. Scoops are hard to beat. All right, Mm -hmm. my number three, fried pickles. Oh. Fried pickles are not like a super traditional football snack, but I was sitting there and I was like, there's there's so many times when I'm out of the sports bar and you see fried pickles in the menu and you say, all right, that's exactly, like that's my favorite appetizer, that's what you get. They give you that like little Southwest, uh, Southwest ranch sauce, something like that, maybe some hot sauce. Fried pickles are underrated and I'm so glad that they've become kind of a mainstream thing. Absolutely love them. That's so true. There's nothing better than sitting at a Buffalo Wild Wings with an ice cold beer and eating some fried pickles. That's exactly what I was thinking. On. Yeah, it's specifically <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. All right, go for your number two. All right, my number two is uh, is a popular one. I'm, I'm being pretty basic here. Panda Buffalo fish. chicken dip. Oh, that was it. my number one. <laughs> Damn Just can't it. beat it. Just can't beat it. It's perfect. Oh. Whoever created the buffalo chicken dip is a genius and should probably win the Nobel Peace Prize and also be awarded a Michelin star. I okay, so you've ruined everything, but it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna roll through because I think I have a good backup pick. All right, God, that, that messed up everything. All right, number two, you on your toes. Yeah, you really did. I was I was afraid that that was gonna be your number three, and then when you didn't pick it, I was like, okay, I'm safe. I could do this. I got it. And then, <laughs> ah, it's a good number one. It's the best thing ever. I could drink it. Yeah. So. Yep. Oh my God. You're like homemade too. It's, okay. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number two, I'm throwing up jalapeno poppers. Fantastic pick. Yep. I love a good jalapeno popper. In my younger life, when I was a child, I did not like spicy food, so I would have disagreed with you vehemently. <laughs> but in the past year or two, I have become a big fan of spicy foods. Big fan. Jalapenos. So, jalapenos are basic peppers and they're 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 super they're kind of lame but like the best part about jalapenos you can literally make it as spicy as you want like don't clean it out if you don't want if you don't want it to be spicy clean the heck out of it if you do want it to be spicy don't take anything out it's gonna have a little bit of kick so i'm all for the jalapeno popper it's a meal and a snack and it makes football season better okay number one for you all right my number one everyone might think i'm a little bit weird here for this don't take my my number one is spinach dip. No, I no, love no. spinach dip. Specifically, no. my mother's spinach dip. She does it. She, she doesn't do anything special. You ruined everything. How she makes it. <laughs> that was that was spinach my backup. Dip, and and I'll do it. it it's with bread. Yep. I'll give you a whiz. So if you eat it with something different, but you get the little bread bowl, you, you <laughs> cut it out, make the spinach dip, and then you got the bread from the inside, and then it's so soft. Oh, dude, I could crush a whole thing in spinach dip throughout a football game. And the best part is it's, like, refreshing, too. It's one of those things where you can literally eat it and you don't feel gross. Like, the buffalo chicken is awesome, but after you have a whole bunch of it, you're like, I just want to take a nap and not be doing whatever I'm doing. Man, spinach chip's a great choice, and I'm kind of bummed out that you took it. And you can lie to yourself that you're being healthy because there's the word spinach (laughs) in the the food titles. You're like, I'm eating spinach. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I I have to cheat then. I don't think this is really a snack. I just, it's the best I can come up with is buffalo mac and cheese. I mean, 
that's the best I can do because you took my two, you took my two top two. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do, that'll do. Hey, yeah. I can't argue with that. It's a snack of sorts, right? It's munchable. Yeah. My honorable mention was greasy pizza, the greasiest you can find. So even though that's not a snack, that that's a meal. still flies. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Oh man. Okay. Well, now that we're all talking about football season, when does football season start? So this is the second week of preseason. Next week's week three. So we got two. If you're not counting this week, we got two more weeks still. So you have just so enough time there. to perfect your buffalo chicken, jalapeno popper, and spinach dip recipe. Yep. You got roughly 14 days, probably a little bit more. All right. I love it. I think that'll do it, and that'll wrap us up. All right. So I'll be on vacation. But we're going to be back Monday per usual, Tuesday morning for you fellas. Oh, guys and gals, whatever you are. I don't really care. Um, just glad to have you here. <laughs> yep. Have a great weekend, everyone. And uh, made it through another week. All righty. See you guys. See ya.